Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Is Nancy Pelosi a leper, Mr. Producer? What's going on with her nose there? Well, just an observation. The rule of law. What is the highest law in the United States? What's the highest law in the United States? It's the Constitution. Is it what the House of Representatives says it is? No. Is it what Congress says it is? No. It's the Constitution. Everybody who works in the federal government, everybody who's elected to public office, everybody who's appointed to public office, takes an oath to comply with the United States Constitution. They must comply with our founding governing law. And every person who works for the federal government, elected or otherwise, either adheres to that law or is violating that law. The Democrats in the House of Representatives are violating the Constitution. They are not the highest law in the land. The Constitution is the highest law in the land. And you shouldn't be terribly surprised. They come from very, very left-wing metropolitan areas. And they've come up through these various one-party systems that have political bosses and so forth. Nancy Pelosi. Gerald Nadler. Adam Schiff. Maxine Waters. Those are their masters. The radical left bosses in these communities. Every one of these communities, Nadler's, Schiff's, Waters, Pelosi's, so forth, are part of sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities are openly in defiance of federal law. They are nullifying federal immigration law. They're not complying with the United States Constitution. And in this, they are supported by Pelosi and Nadler and Waters and Schiff. They're obstructing federal law enforcement like ICE. They're giving sanctuary to criminals who are violating federal law of one sort or another. And today they are announcing that the President of the United States should be impeached Because he's abusing power and obstructing them. Congress. And yet the president is not obstructing Congress. 
The United States Senate is not even involved in any of this. The Republicans reject to a man and a woman what the Democrats are doing. The President of the United States is refusing to weaken the office of the presidency and the executive branch and write out of the Constitution Article 2 to accommodate one faction, one party, in one part of the Congress. The President of the United States is not obstructing Congress. He is engaging and confronting the Democrats in the House of Representatives. The President of the United States is not abusing power. There literally isn't a single eyewitness to the President's abuse of power. There literally isn't a shred of reliable, first-hand documentation that the President of the United States has abused power. And yet these Members of the House, these Democrats who control these hardcore sanctuary cities, nullification, obstructing of federal law, little fiefdoms, their cities, are accusing the president of this. The Constitution, as I said, is the highest law in the land. Treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. In the two charges, <coughs> excuse me, in the two charges that Nadler has laid out, abuse of power, and obstruction of Congress. It says everything you need to know. That the headline isn't the president is accused of a high crime or misdemeanor. That the president isn't accused of treason or bribery. Try as they might. Try as they might with professors and lawyers giving each other's opinions and bureaucrats from the State Department, try as they might, they couldn't make their case under the impeachment clause of the Constitution. Abuse of power and obstruction of Congress? In other words, refusing to comply without challenge, without court review, to subpoenas, scores and scores of subpoenas issued by Democrat partisan chairman of committees who don't even accept federal law when it comes to immigration or other federal laws who support nullification in sanctuary cities leading the charge against the President of the United States who is not only complying with the law he's following past president of other presidents of both parties and more than both parties, of all parties in the past who are trying to protect the authority that the Constitution grants their branch of government. Literally every single man who has served in the Oval Office could be said to have abused power and obstructed Congress by the opposite party controlling the House of Representatives. Literally every single man who has sat in that office and before before there was a White House could be accused of an impeachable offense every single one of them 
Now let's put in context what is being said about this president by the sanctuary city nullification Democrats and their media friends. Let's put it in some context. They are lying about what the president said in his phone call. They are rejecting all contrary evidence, including from the president of Ukraine. But let us say the president of the United States did everything they accuse him of. It still would not be a high crime, a misdemeanor, or treason, or bribery. Barack Obama followed a long line, a long line of presidents, Democrat presidents, and one Republican, apparently should have been impeached. His IRS went after American citizens, Tea Party and others, and yet he was not subjected to an investigation. He was not subjected to a special counsel. His FBI went after press organizations, the Associated Press, the Washington Post, Fox News, among others. But they still love him. They still love him. He defied Congress and issued a fiat legislating from the Oval Office, which is how we got DACA and the Dreamers. But the Democrats in Congress were not all that concerned about their authority under Article 1 then, were they? Abuse of power. Abuse of power. When it comes to issuing fiats dressed up as executive orders, nobody was more aggressive than Barack Obama in terms of abuse of power. Barack Obama refused to enforce our immigration laws. Abuse of power. Obstructing Congress. President of the United States had a phone call. The internment of 120,000 Japanese Americans, Americans of Japanese descent, infamous, upheld by the Supreme Court in the Korematsu case, 1942, was a military order. 9066. 9066. Now, what did it do? American citizens of Japanese heritage and other Japanese here illegally were forcibly removed from their homes and moved to internment camps in the interior of the country from the West Coast. They lost their businesses, they lost their homes, they lost their property. Americans of Italian and German ancestry were also targeted. 11,000 German ancestry were interned, 3,000 Italians. Some Jews were sent to refugee camps too. There were 10 of these camps across the country. They called them relocation centers. In Arkansas, California, Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, and Colorado. Now, let's put things in perspective. When Donald Trump 
issued an executive order, a lawful executive order, extremely similar to an executive order that his predecessor, Barack Obama, had issued, focused on countries that were at that, that were breeding terrorists and had horrific civil wars taking place and were majority Muslim. And he put a six-month moratorium in place in order so that we could vet the individuals trying to come to this country. So we knew who was coming in order to protect this country. He was accused of the worst kind of racism including by federal courts. Remember, the Supreme Court issued the Korematsu decision upholding what FDR did. Donald Trump didn't round up Muslim Americans or Americans of Muslim descent. Donald Trump didn't prevent Muslims from the vast majority of the world coming into this country, including from countries that have the largest Muslim populations in the world. And the very people who support FDR today consider him the greatest president ever. The same federal judges appointed by Obama accused Trump of racism, of targeting Muslims. So they issued another executive order, and this was upheld. The internment of Japanese Americans, Americans of Japanese descent. Franklin Roosevelt unleashed the Internal Revenue Service against his political opponents, like Obama. Moses Annenberg, who owned the Philadelphia Inquirer, which at the time supported Republican candidates, found himself in a horrific internal revenue audit, trying to put him in prison. Gannett was targeted by the IRS at the direction of Eleanor Roosevelt, faced a horrific tax audit. Andrew Mellon, the Treasury Secretary under Calvin Coolidge, a very wealthy man, a very honorable man, he was targeted by the Roosevelt Internal Revenue Service. For 10 years he was audited. And they found nothing. Huey Long, who Roosevelt considered a threat on his left, Governor, then Senator of Louisiana, was subjected to an FBI investigation. Of course, he was assassinated in the state capitol before they finished the FBI. Franklin Roosevelt tried to pack the Supreme Court. Nobody ever talked about impeaching Franklin Roosevelt and the Democrat Party. He's a hero of the Democrats. Did Donald Trump do anything of the sort that Franklin Roosevelt did? Nothing. This is all, by the way, an unfreedom of the press. What about John Kennedy before he was horrifically assassinated? What about John Kennedy? He had a man over there at the Internal Revenue Service who they would call on the phone and get files from the Internal Revenue Service on their political opponents or organizations that opposed them and bring them to the president. 
And some of those files were leaked to Newsweek, where Ben Bradley worked before he moved over to the Washington Post that was owned by Newsweek. And John Kennedy used to talk about the Internal Revenue Service and the filings of others like John Paul Getty. This information will be pushed out into the media or used against his political opponents. Was that an impeachable offense? I've got more. I'll be right back. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Imprimus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College, and to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. If I've been testifying, these are some of the things you would have heard. These are some of the things you would have heard. Lyndon Johnson could have been impeached for multiple violations, abuses of power. He used the IRS more than Kennedy did against his political opponents. He actually had the CIA spying on some of his domestic opponents. He had the FBI wiretap as vice president, who was running for president at the time, to see what his private positions were on the Vietnam War. When he was running for president in 1964, he had his political opponents' headquarters, Barry Goldwater's, tap by the FBI and the CIA. He had the civil rights representatives at the 1968 convention, Democrat convention. He had their hotel rooms tapped. And he became a multi, multi millionaire while a United States senator. I'm not done. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arne, the president of Hillsdale College. He's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat 
so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. says today what the backbenchers will repeat tomorrow call mark at 877-381-3811 we've got a ways to go as we plow through this and i think it's very important facts knowledge experience and history can't be done in three minutes in the case of donald trump nancy pelosi the democrats and the media have been desperately searching for something to hang their hats on to try and convince the American people that Donald Trump is an illegitimate president who should be removed from office. This iron triangle has done more damage to this country in the last three years than any of our overseas enemies. The Democrat Party, the Democrat Party media, And those in the bureaucracy who have sought to take out this president have done more damage to this country than any of our foreign enemies. Because as so many great men and women once said, Jefferson, Lincoln, Joseph Story, so many more, if America is to be defeated, it will be defeated from within. The allegations against the president are laughable. They are preposterous. Which is why we get speeches from law professors, speeches from former federal prosecutors and judges. Let us continue down history's lane. Lyndon Johnson would become one of the wealthiest men to ever serve in the Oval Office. When he got elected to the House of Representatives, he was one of the poorest men in Congress. As is written in a book about presidents and how they dealt with charges of misconduct, there's so many great authors. Unlike his predecessor in the White House, who had inherited his money, Johnson amassed his riches almost entirely while he was in public office, mainly after he entered the Senate and began his rise to national power in 1948. To what extent the Johnsons enjoyed their prosperity, built as it was upon favorable rulings by the Federal Communications Commission, because of the senator's political prominence, would take, as one newspaper noted in 1964, a subtle scientist to measure precisely— but the matter unquestionably invited a great deal of conjecture. I'll sum it up for you this way. The Johnsons acquired a radio station and a television station in Austin, Texas. And during the time that he had this television station, the FCC did not permit any competitors, Mr. Producer. What do you make of that? What do you make of that, folks? 
And how did he get this radio and TV station? Yet they talk about the emoluments clause when it comes to Trump. A self-made multi-billionaire. And they want his tax returns. They never wanted Johnson's tax returns. They never wanted Kennedy's tax returns. Oh my goodness, what that might show. They never wanted Franklin Roosevelt's tax returns. They really never wanted anybody else's tax returns. But Trump's. Because he's a super wealthy man. A self-made man. They mock him. And they want to humiliate him and embarrass him. It's the only reason they want his tax returns. So they can bring in some leftist who's an accountant. Now what about the great Abraham Lincoln? And I would argue that he was great. He was one of the greatest. But there was a civil, excuse me, civil war. And some very nasty things happened during a civil war. As pointed out in the same book, from the outset, Lincoln dealt harshly with the enemy in the rear with what he called a most efficient corps of spies and former suppliers and aiders and abettors. The rebellion who took advantage of liberty of speech, he said, liberty of the press and habeas corpus to disrupt the Union war effort. And by the way, he was right about that. But he suspended the writ of habeas corpus. Only Congress can do that. Abuse of power? Obstruction of Congress? Is that what we hear when we talk about Abraham Lincoln? Of course not. And Lincoln openly defended an invasion of civil liberties, contending that strict measures were imperative if the laws of the Union and free freedom itself were to survive the war. In 1862, Lincoln centralized jurisdiction over internal security matters in Secretary of State William, uh, I mean, uh, Stan, uh, Stanton's War Department. To deal with such matters, Stanton created a corps of civilian provost marshals, but allowed them too much independence in policing and jailing alleged disloyalists. And their zealous, far-ranging operations led to widespread criticism of Lincoln. At the same time, Stanton empowered Army officers to apprehend anyone who discouraged volunteering or otherwise helped the enemy, And he got up dragnets in which state militia, home guards, police chiefs, and vigilantes all participated. All told, some 13,000 people, most of them anti-war Democrats, were seized and imprisoned under Stanton's authority. The outcry against arbitrary arrest, most of it from anti-war Democrats, was so strident that Lincoln and Stanton both tried to restrain excessive use of power whenever they could. Both speedily ordered the release of people unwarrantedly arrested, especially political prisoners. The most controversial military arrest was that of Clement L. Vallandingham, Vallandingham, an Ohioan, a leading anti-war Democrat. In 1863, he stumped Ohio denouncing the draft, the despotism of the Lincoln government, and the war itself, calling for a negotiated peace with the Confederacy. During one of his orations, an officer in civilian dress detailed from General Burnside's headquarters leaned against the platform taking notes. Three days later, the army arrested him. He was a member of Congress. He was a member of Congress. 
Clearly in the complex, although Lincoln actually may have regretted the arrest, he refused to pardon him, instead offering him banishment to the Confederacy. Clearly in the complex area of internal security, in the midst of a civil war, government agents often confused anti-war rhetoric for traitorous designs, they write, and innocent people suffered. So he was banished to the Confederacy. Abuse of power? Destruction of Congress? Want to hear more? How about the Alien and Sedition Acts? John Adams and his party. Let's focus on the sedition part. Because Woodrow Wilson would do the same thing in 1917. We talk about the Espionage Act. Well, the Espionage Act of 1917 was expanded. Was amended. To do what Adams did. Well, what did Adams do? Adams shut down some newspapers and arrested some journalists who were critical of him and his government. You would say that's a founding father. Well, they were learning their way. But that resulted in a landslide for Jefferson and his party, ultimately, after they duked it out with Hamilton and the others in the House of Representatives, a side note that I won't get into right now. Adams and his party were swept from office. You see, ladies and gentlemen, abuse of power and obstruction can occur from the legislature, can occur in our cities, can occur from members of Congress. Woodrow Wilson, a great hero of the progressives, was a raging segregationist and racist. He resegregated the civil service such as it was. That he was a bigot, flat out. He was born in Virginia, raised in Virginia. Even though he wound up president of Princeton University. And he shut down newspapers and put socialists in prison who disagreed with him. Even though he was one effectively himself. So I could go on and on about the history of various presidents... But when the Democrats in this House say they're going to impeach President Trump because obstruction of Congress, when in fact he's not obstruct Congress, when the Democrats are one party in the House and they don't represent Congress, and their subpoenas are being dealt with lawfully as past presidents have dealt with them and have litigated these issues, And when the Democrats in the House accuse the president of abusing power because, among other things, he has a phone call with another head of state who denies the elements that the Democrats insist on, you can see, folks, that it is the Democrats in the House who believe they are the law, that they are above the Constitution, that are concocting a case against a sitting president. They have been concocting cases against this sitting president from the beginning. They have violated attorney-client privilege. They have violated executive privilege. They have violated separation of powers. They're more than happy to use the IRS. They're trying to get the president's tax returns. His banking information. And when he objects and when he fights them in court, they claim he's covering up. He's obstructing them. 
But these are supposed to be legislators, ladies and gentlemen, not rogue political investigators. But that's what they are. So essentially, if the President of the United States doesn't surrender the power of the executive branch and the office of the presidency, if the President of the United States doesn't surrender the rights of a president and future presidents to rogue Democrats in the House of Representatives, he's going to be impeached. Abuse of power, they say. They say he was trying to interfere with the 2020 election. Because he asked about the Bidens and whether the Ukrainians would assist the Attorney General. It's an amazing thing. Amazing thing. They're interfering with the 2020 election. They've been interfering with the 2020 election since the end of the 2016 election. They've used the criminal system. They've used state attorneys general. They've used a district attorney in New York. They've used committees of Congress. They used a special counsel. They used their friends in the media. The entire purpose is to delegitimize this president and his voters and to interfere with the 2020 election. It was their hero, Barack Obama, whose FBI interfered in the 2016 election. It's their hero, Barack Obama, who failed to stop the Russians from interfering in our election, or the Ukrainians, or the North Koreans, or the Chinese, or the Iranians. It's their hero, Barack Obama, under whom all this corruption with the FISA courts and worse took place. The victim, the victim is the man they seek to impeach. I'll be right back. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College, and to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Just to reiterate, Nancy Pelosi, in fact, all the people standing up from these committee chairmen behind Nadler and behind Schiff, as they announced that they were going to have two articles of impeachment, every one of them come from sanctuary cities. Every one of them support the nullification of federal law while they talk about the rule of law and abuse of power. Every one of them are obstructing 
statutes Congress in the past has passed and presidents have signed. They are obstructing federal law enforcement, specifically ICE, in their responsibilities to protect us from illegal alien criminals. And they dare to stand up there and lecture us about the rule of law and the Constitution. They seek to replace their own power, their own fiats, their own corrupt hearings. They seek to use those to replace our Constitution. And impeachment can be unconstitutional. This is an unconstitutional impeachment. If the House makes unconstitutional demands, subpoenas, violates separation of powers, attacks Article 2 and the authority of a president, rejects the notion of separation of powers, rejects precedential decisions by courts on executive privilege. Yes, the House of Representatives under the Democrats can be conducting themselves in an unconstitutional way. And for those clowns who dress up as legal analysts because various cable channels decide to call them legal analysts, tell you that the House is free to do whatever it wants to do. They reject our Constitution. They have no idea what they're talking about. None. Whether it's the impeachment clause or any other clause of the Constitution. The framers of your Constitution did not create any branch with illimitable power to destroy another branch. And that's exactly what you're witnessing today. The people who are violating the Constitution, the people who are abusing power, are the people in the Democrat Party and the media who seek to destroy this president. Broadcasting them from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877 877-381-3811. I believe the Democrats are headed for quicksand. I certainly hope so, and we will help push them into the quicksand. Uh, The media are very excited. They're celebrating. They feel their ratings will go up, their website hits will go up, and uh, they want to exercise power, and they want to show that while they couldn't stop Trump from being elected, they could certainly smear him. And the president will be speaking later tonight. And we will be uh, jibbing in and out of that, because I think you'll want to hear it. That's one of the unique positions I'm in here, being the cleanup hitter in the evening and into the early night. And we'll have a lot of fun with that. I want you to hear from Bill Barr. You've heard little clips on TV and radio, I'm sure. But we take our time here. We, we try to prioritize what, what we consider to be very, very important. And uh, we sought to get Attorney General Barr on the program uh, this evening, but he wasn't available. But he did speak uh, at the Wall Street Journal CEO Council today and to NBC News. So we have some what I consider very important statements by him about the Inspector General FISA report. 
It's almost 500 pages long. There's a lot of questions the inspector general doesn't answer, either because he can't or he won't. He points out in Appendix 1, 51 instances where the FBI omitted information, was dishonest about information, or provided no information to substantiate aspects of their FISA requests. And in every case, they just happen to hurt the Trump campaign and Carter Page. Of course, they point to text and information to the media that shows some FBI officials actually were very supportive of the president, but that's utterly irrelevant. They didn't conduct an investigation of Hillary Clinton. We're talking about those with dirty hands, dirty cops. Phrase I used to apply to this particular matter years ago, which of course is picked up and regurgitated. But let's get started. Here we have Attorney General Barr with the Wall Street Journal CEO counsel today. Cut 11, go. This is the meat of the the issue, and if you actually spend time to look at what happened, I think you'd be appalled. Uh, Remember, they say, okay, we're not going to go and talk to the campaign. We're going to send people in, wire them up, and have them talk to the individuals. That happened. That happened in August, September, and October, and it all came back exculpatory. People say, I don't know, you know, don't know what you're talking about. Not only exculpatory as to a relationship with the Russians, but as to the specific facts. And that, A, they never did anything about that. They just pressed ahead. But B, they never informed the court. They were told they didn't have probable cause to get a warrant. And so they took the Steele dossier, which they had done nothing to verify, and they used that to get the warrant. All right, let's stop right there. Mr. Producer in America, in early March of 2017, when I first broke all this using public articles, that the Trump campaign was subjected to espionage, I'd indicated that there was a piece that said there was an effort to get a warrant that is a FISA eavesdropping counterintelligence warrant that failed. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Then I said they went back. They went back and then succeeded in getting another FISA warrant. Now look, I'm not Nostradamus. This was leaked into the media. But I, it caught my attention that they made a try and they failed. And then they made another try and they succeeded. And it's because we now know, we guessed, but we now know totally it was the dossier, which has been completely rejected even by the inspector general okay so that did in fact happen go ahead perhaps everything they withheld from the court all the exculpatory information and they withheld from the court information about the lack of reliability of steel the real interesting thing here and to me the major takeaway actually is after the election because in january they went to, t- Steele was dealing with one person. He only talked to one person. And that's the pr- what we call the primary subsource. And it was that person who had the so-called network of subsources. When they finally got around to talking to him, uh, he said, I don't know what Steele's talking about. I didn't tell So him stop right that. there to underscore. Steele spoke to one person, the Attorney General points out in the report. 
And when they go back to talk to that one person, the one person says, I don't know what the hell Steele's talking about. This is shocking. Because keep in mind, Jim Comey, Jim, if you don't want to go on Hannity's show, come on my show. Come on any of our shows. I'd love to have you first, of course. But remember, Comey took information out of that dossier when he first met with the president in Trump Tower and told the president about it. So Comey knew, and the FBI knew this dossier was fraudulent. They still pressed ahead with it. They wanted their warrant, and they wanted the president, quite frankly, to feel like they had something on him. Go ahead. It was mostly barroom talk and, and rumor. I made it clear to him this was my own supposition[s] and theories, and you know this is. And, and at that point, it was clear that the dossier was a sham. So what happens? What happens at that point? They don't tell the court, and they continue to get FISA warrants based on that dossier. And more damning is that they actually filed with the court a statement saying, we talked to the subsource, and we found him credible and cooperative. And they put that in to bolster... When the subsource had actually said... What he was being truthful about is that the dossier was garbage. And how many media outlets and how many analysts were on TV telling us that the dossier hasn't been disproven? That Christopher Steele was reliable. That there's information in the dossier that helps connect the dots. How many times did we hear this? How many times did we hear this from our media? The media is disgusting. The media are filled with pathological liars and, and partisan hacks. They will never apologize. They'll never go back and look at their own reporting over the course of the last several years and issue apologies and issue corrections and so forth. CNN and MSNBC and all the unbalanced people on our favorite network. Not the fair, the unbalanced. They will never. They will never confess. Now Attorney General Barr with NBC News. Cut 12, go. And in today's world, presidential campaigns are frequently in contact with foreign persons. And indeed, in most campaigns, there are signs of illegal foreign money coming in. And we don't automatically assume that the campaigns are nefarious and traitors and acting in league with foreign powers. There has to be some basis before we use these very potent powers in our core First Amendment activity. And here, uh, I felt this was very flimsy. Basically, I think the department has a rule of reason, which is at the end of the day, uh, is what you're relying on sufficiently powerful to justify the techniques you're using? And uh, the question there is, how strong is the evidence? How sensitive is the activity you're looking at? And what are the alternatives? And I think when you step back here and say, what was this all based on? it's not sufficient. Remember, there was and, and, and never has been any evidence of collusion. And yet this 
campaign and the president's administration has been dominated by this investigation into what turns out to be completely baseless. Mm-hmm. Cut 14. Or where Based on what you know yeah. so far, is it still? Do you still stand by your statement that 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 the campaign was spied upon? Oh, it's clearly spied upon. I mean, that's what electronic surveillance is. I think wiring people up to go in and talk to people and make recordings of their conversations is spying. I think going through people's emails, which they did as a result of the FISA warrant, they went through everything, you know, from, from Page's life. Because uh, he wasn't in the campaign at the point where no, he began but, the surveillance. Yes, but his emails were go back. I mean, the main reason they were going for the FISA warrant initially was to go back historically and see all his emails and texts and all that stuff from back months and even years. So they were covering the period that he was in the campaign, and that's exactly the reason they went for the FISA to get that stuff. Think about if we didn't have this attorney general, what he's explaining here. Think about it. And just think about how this inspector general, while putting out a lot of heavy-duty information, was also trying to candy-coat some of it. The Trump campaign was spied on, and his point is, okay, fine, they didn't put spies in the campaign, but they used people in the campaign to act as spies. It really doesn't matter which. And this is your Federal Bureau of Investigation. This is under Comey and McCabe. And Comey's taking a victory lap tonight. Cut 13, go. Your concern about the FBI's investigation is what? Civil libertarian? Uh, I think our our nation was turned on its head for three years. I think... uh based on a completely bogus narrative that was largely fanned and hyped by an irresponsible press. Uh, And I think that there were gross abuses uh, of uh, FISA uh, and inexplicable behavior that is intolerable in the uh, FBI. Absolutely, 100% correct. He's a remarkable man. Attorney General. It's his second stint as Attorney General. He didn't need it. But I think he saw the country needed an honest broker there as Attorney General of the United States, and he stepped up. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition.
I think it's a disgrace that people can make impeachment out of nothing. That was a perfect conversation. If you look at uh, Mark Levin, he analyzed the conversation, one of the great constitutional lawyers many of them have. They were perfect conversations. There's nothing to impeach on. And I think it's a disgrace. I think it's an absolute, I think it's an absolute disgrace. That was today, and it is an absolute disgrace. It's disgusting. Now, the president is in Pennsylvania. This man has more energy than anybody I've ever seen. And he's at a rally in Pennsylvania, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's a fascinating town in and of itself, how Hershey came to be, and how the Hershey bar came to be. But it's another day for another story. Isn't it fascinating? But that said, when the president starts speaking, we're going to check in because it's not just your typical rally. The Democrats have been very active in their tyranny. And I hope you'll share the first hour with this show. And you can find it on the MarkLevinShow.com, our mothership website, two or three hours after we end the program, with as many people as possible. Remember this, the Constitution is the law of the land, not Adam Schiff, not Nancy Pelosi, not all these sanctuary city nullification politicians who defy the rule of law and defy the Constitution. All right, let's check in. Let's, let's hear what's going on with the president in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Go ahead. Are we there? Oh, there we go. I hear it. Nothing's coming down the line yet. Okay. Is that a problem for us or is that a problem they're not sending it to us, Mr. Producer? Oh, boy. It's live radio. It's both. It's our technology and their technology. Let's take a call. Do we have any irregular Americans or regular Americans? Who do we have? WVNN, Robert in Huntsville, Alabama. How are you? I'm all right. Mark, thank you so much for taking my call, and thank you for being the de facto leader of the conservative movement. Well, aren't you kind? Thank you. By the way, over the last three years, while others have said, well, I'm not sure I'm a conservative, I am a conservative, because they don't understand what it means. And you help explain that to the rest of the country, and that's valuable, invaluable. Thank you. Um, So the point you made at at the top of the hour, the Constitution is the law of the land. And everybody up in D.C. is sworn to protect and defend it. And if you were going to, I know this is not possible, but if you were going into a court of law, do you believe that you could prove what the Democrats are doing is unconstitutional? Yes. And they are. But a court of law would not permit such a hearing. They wouldn't. No. Also, do you believe that this is a coup? Yes. And has been a coup. Yes. And would that be provable in a court of law? Well, again, that wouldn't be where it takes place. It has to be in the court of public opinion. Now, that said, this phrase, silent coup, was the name of a book that was written decades ago. But I breathed new life into it to apply to what I saw taking place here, just as I saw in March 2017, the uh, the, uh, the surveillance going on in the campaign based on news reports and so forth. So we've been putting it together here for many, many years and by the way, here is the president. Go ahead. Thank you. Under Republican leadership, America is stronger than ever before, and we are respected again. Last month, you saw it. 
We smashed expectations with another 266,000 jobs, and unemployment is now more than a 50-year low. We have never seen what's going on with different groups. Unemployment is at a position we've never had anything like this. You're so lucky I became your president, Norman. I'm only kidding. I have to say I'm kidding, because the fake news back there will take that. They'll take that statement and they'll blow it up, and they'll say he said they were lucky to have him as president. What a horrible thing to say, because they're fake. Wages were way down, unemployment was way up, it wasn't a pretty picture. Just a few months ago, I visited the new Shell petrochemical plant in Beaver County at $6 billion, with a B, $6 billion. It is the largest investment in Pennsylvania history. We're ending decades of failed trade policies that devastated communities all across the state. For generations, American manufacturing was the bedrock now we're going to take a short break here. When we return, I will continue to monitor the president's comments at the rally. And it is my expectation we'll move directly to those. So we'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Mark Levin tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. This season, Omaha Steaks is sharing an amazing limited time offer with you, my listeners. And there's still time to place your order for the holidays, but you need to hurry. Just go to omahasteaks.com, enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, in the search bar to order the favorite gift package. The gift all your friends and family will love for only $69.99. Order now and you'll get the following. Four six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet mignons, the most tender steak in the world. Four savory premium pork chops. Four Omaha Steaks burgers. Four perfectly browned potatoes au gratin. Four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets. An Omaha Steaks signature seasoning packet, plus, only for you, my listeners, a free six-piece cutlery set and cutting board. All this delicious food plus the free cutlery set, and they'll enjoy for years to come for only $69.99. Omaha steaks are the most tender, the most flavorful, and you can only get steaks of this quality from Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher. Just go to omahasteaks.com and type in Levin, L-E-V-I-N, in the search bar. Don't wait. If you want to take advantage of this offer, don't wait. And get your gift there before the holidays are over. Don't wait. Order the favorite gift package today. 
OmahaStakes.com. Type in Lefin in the search bar. Here's your president. America is winning again like never before. And as I always say, and I've already said it twice tonight, this country is so respected. And we were not respected four years ago. We were laughed at. But while we're delivering historic victories for the American people, the radical left Democrats and the failed Washington establishment are trying to erase your votes, nullify the election, and overthrow our democracy. Not going to happen. Don't worry about it. I wouldn't lose too much sleep over it. And I have to say this about the Republicans. The Republicans, and you have a lot of great ones here tonight, your congressman. You have a lot of great ones. These congressmen are great. Uh, the Republicans have never been so united as they are right now, ever. The House, the Senate, we've never been this united because it's all a hoax, and they understand it. They also understand poll numbers, but I'm sure that had nothing to do with it. But the impeachment hoax is about overturning your great 2016 vote or, in the alternative, trying to win the 2020 election. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Yesterday, the Justice Department's Inspector General released a report detailing the outrageous, scandalous, and unprecedented abuses of power. Get her out. Well, it sounds like there is a malcontent there. Off she goes. Looks a little like Nancy Pelosi. Get her out. Get her out. See, these guys want to be so politically correct. Yeah, get her out. Some people on the left will say, oh, that's horrible. He didn't call her fat or anything like Joe Biden did, an American citizen. I'll tell you, law enforcement is so great. That particular guy wanted to be so politically correct. Oh, oh, oh. We don't want to be politically correct. <laughs> I don't know who he was. He didn't do the greatest job. So they tried to frame innocent people in the ludicrous. It all started with the Russia witch hunt, right? Then the Inspector General's shocking report proved that the Obama FBI obtained secret warrants to spy on my campaign based on a phony foreign dossier of debunked smears paid for by crooked Hillary Clinton and the DNC. 
The FBI failed to disclose the nature of the political hit job to the FISA court. They hid it, they deceived it, and they lied. The dossier was written by a discredited foreign agent who, quote, desperate that Donald Trump not get elected and was passionate about him not being the United States president. What's this? They, folks, they spied on our campaign, okay? They spied. Never happened before in the history of our country. And we're really wise to it. We're wise to it. The Inspector General found that the FBI's spying application contained 17 errors and omissions commonly known as lies and deceit. When the FBI, and you have great people in the FBI, but not in leadership, you have not good people in leadership you haven't had. When the FBI uncovered evidence showing that we did absolutely nothing wrong, which was right at the beginning, they hid that exonerating. You know that. They hid it. They hid it so nobody could see it, so they could keep this hoax going on for two years. They knew right at the beginning that it was all a frame-up, a setup. But they hid it so that nobody could see it, so they could keep it going on, thinking they were going to hurt us politically. But now we're stronger politically than we were ever before. And the FBI also sent multiple undercover human spies to surveil and record people associated with our campaign. Look how they've hurt people. They've destroyed the lives of people that were great people, that are still great people. Their lives have been destroyed by scum, okay, by scum. <clears throat> An FBI lawyer forged, took a email, forged, forged an email used as evidence, an act which is now the subject of a criminal referral, okay? What they did is so unbelievable. Oh, I look forward, I don't know, I don't know, I keep away. I look forward to Bull Durham's report. That's the one I look Folks, forward. you're listening to history here. This is history. And this report was great by the IG, especially since he was appointed by President Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> Considering that fact, it was great, because we learned a lot of things that nobody would have found out very easily, although I suspect we would have. We also know from a previous Inspector General investigation that many of these same high-ranking officials were consumed with anti-Trump and anti-Trump people, hatred and bias, texting about and insurance policy. Let's have an insurance policy. Remember? Remember? Peter Strzok and his lover, Lisa Page. Remember? Lisa, I love you so much. Lisa, please, Lisa, please. <laughs> Lisa, I've never loved anyone like you. Lisa's threatening a lawsuit, well. but Trump does not back down. Lisa, please, tell me you love me, Lisa. I love you. <laughs> Peter, I love you. I love you like I've never loved anyone. <laughs> and if for any reason, if for any reason she loses, even though she's a stone-cold, corrupt person, if for any reason she loses, Peter, 
We've got to have an insurance policy. We have to do it. Because we're going to go out, and that's what's been happening for the last two and a half years, okay? It was their phony insurance policy. So FBI lawyer Lisa Page, so in love that she didn't know what the hell was happening, texted the head of counterintelligence, Peter Strzok, likewise, so in love he couldn't see straight. This poor guy, did I hear he needed a restraining order after this whole thing to keep him away? From Lisa? That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true. The fake news will never report it. But it could be true. No, that's what I heard. I don't know. I mean, who could believe a thing like that? No, I heard that Peter Strzok needed a restraining order to keep him away from his once lover. Ah, Lisa, I hope you miss him. Lisa, he'll never be the same. <laughs> but he said he's not ever going to become president and struck look back no no he won't we'll stop it we'll stop it can you believe we found these texts can you believe this is fbi agents at a high level no no we'll stop it they're going to stop us from winning an election and then we have to listen there was no bias oh there was no bias think of these people they write there was no bias. And yet he's saying, no, no, darling, we'll stop it. <laughs> and then they announced there was no bias. No. You know what? I know We're you doing... don't want me to take a break. It's not easy. But I have to take a break. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Where, ladies and gentlemen, where's Ayach? Where's Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, the so-called whistleblower? Seem like they've all disappeared. Well, I'm not hiding. As everybody knows, you can find me almost every day on Levin TV, on the Blaze TV network. Now, Levin TV was created as a unique outlet nearly four years ago to give us the freedom to tackle these aristocrats and their sycophants. And to hold them accountable. Man, oh man, if you haven't signed up, truly, truly join us. We're having a blast. We're advancing the cause of liberty. We're defending the Constitution. We're taking on these leftists. It's almost every weeknight. So it's a unique hell. I've been doing this almost four years, come March. Nearly every weeknight, you can join me as we shine the light of truth and expose their corrupt agenda, which is secretly propagated in many respects. There are no sponsors to be holden to, no smothering corporate agenda telling us which line to tow. Our only obligation is to bring you the truth. It's time to see for yourself, folks. It's time. It's nearly four years. Many of you haven't signed up. Please sign up. Go to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com, or give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Enter code LEVIN, and you'll get 10 bucks right off the top off your annual subscription. You can also give it as a gift. That's levintv.com, code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, for 10 bucks off your annual subscription. So that brings it down from 99 bucks to 89 bucks. You'll see my show, and you'll see like 20 other wonderful programs. 
Beck, Crowder, Bowling, Robertson, this fellow David Rubin, who I like, a number of people, Wilkow, so forth. So to all those who love this amazing country of ours, let's join together. I call this the Great National Town Hall Meeting. Let's meet every weeknight on Levin TV. Go to levintv.com, enter code LEVIN, or give us a call right now, 844-LEVIN-TV. Here's your president. I didn't, because I didn't figure the polls would go through the roof. They went out today in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in a place called Pennsylvania. No, no. The polls are through the roof. They're called swing states, very important states. We won Pennsylvania the last time, and we're going to win it again, but even bigger. Our polls have gone over the last month. They've gone through the roof. You look at it. Take a look at it. It came out today. The firehouse poll, the firehouse poll. It's an important poll. It was always good. I never looked at it today. I like it a lot. We're up through. Nobody can even believe it. So what Pelosi did, as I said, they do the impeachment. Then right away, let's do USMCA. Right on top of it. You'd think she'd wait like a day. She wanted to smother the impeachment crap. And that's probably what she did, at least to an extent. But any Democrat that votes for this sham will be voting to sacrifice their House majority, their dignity, and their career. Okay? And some of these partisan lunatics have already said that if they fail this time, think of this. How about low IQ Maxine Waters? How about green? How about green? We've green. How about Green, where he said, we have to impeach him, because if we don't impeach him, we're not going to win the election. This is what we're, this is what we're dealing with. You know, we're dealing with some very bad people. We're dealing with people that don't respect you. And by the way, you know, they talk about the elite. You're the elite. They're not the elite. You're the elite. You're the elite. You got better education, you got better, you got better everything. You're the elite. It always bothers me. They said, the elite. This is the elite. Look at these people, how beautiful. This is the elite. You know who is the elite? You look at those jobs reports where the best in history unemployment for African Americans, best in history unemployment, Hispanic Americans, best in history unemployment, Asian-Americans. You're the elite. You're the elite. But they said they'll do it again, because this has been a total bust. They'll do it again. And by the way, the Senate's been so professional, so good, so strong, so solid, just like these gentlemen in the House, so solid. So we have to vote these crazy people the hell out of office. And in 2020, I'm going to work like hell that we take over the House. We have to take over the House. We have to. Right? Got to take over the House, Mike. So here are the facts that Shifty Schiff 
Is that guy the worst? He comes up to a microphone. No, he comes up to a microphone like two and a half years ago. Uh, I have absolute proof that the President of the United States conspired with Russia. Russia? What the hell do I have to do with Russia? By the way, Russia wishes that Hillary Clinton won. They wish. We are now number one in the world in energy. Russia's number three. We're beating now Russia and Saudi Arabia. You'd have windmills all over the place if you had crooked Hillary. They'd be knocking out those birds left and right. Those windmills, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Darling, I want to watch television tonight and there's no damn wind. What do I do? I want to watch the election results. Darling, there's no wind. The damn wind just isn't blowing like it used to because of global warming, I think. One of a kind. When he's gone, hopefully it'll be five years, he's going to be deeply missed. We've got a full hour left. Please come back, and I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. We're monitoring the president's speech. I want to get into a few other issues before we go back, and we will. I'm Mark Levin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, I, uh, I feel obligated, frankly, to continue to defend the president against criticism, often from minorities, and often from people who claim to speak for minorities, and often from people in my own faith. And that's what I'm really saying. You can really see that progressivism has not only devoured the media and our educational institutions and our entertainment institutions and our politics, but in many respects it has devoured religion. Now this is to be expected since it's the offshoot of Marxism. But you have people who are progressives who go to church or go to synagogue or go to, go to mosques or wherever they go or claim to be people of deep faith And yet, whether they want to hear it or not, and whether they like it or not, this is a contradiction. It's a contradiction. Now, Donald Trump, just as he's done more for the employment of Hispanics and African Americans and Asians and women than any president in recent times, he's done more to fight bigotry against Jews than any president in recent times, especially more than Barack Obama. So while anti-Semitism and Jew hatred and Israel hatred is a growing movement, a growing force within the progressive left and within the Democrat Party, and I might add within the media, the Republican Party is fighting it, and this president is fighting it like no president in my lifetime. 
in my lifetime. And he gets no credit for this among liberal Jews. I say this as a Jew. Chuck Todd, for instance, will never do a program on Meet the Press, even though he's Jewish. He'll never do a program on Meet the Press about Donald Trump and what he's done with the state of Israel and how he's attempted to defend the Jewish community in our own country. Because Chuck Todd doesn't believe in the state of Israel and his own faith as much as Donald Trump does. And I'm prepared to debate Chuck Todd on that issue. And it's not just Chuck Todd. It's Jake Tapper. Wolf Blitzer. And here's more evidence of it. From the Jerusalem Post. President Trump expected to issue executive order against anti-Semitism on college campuses. You would never see this coming out of the Democrat House of Representatives. In fact, you had over 100 votes out of the House of Representatives condemning the President, the Secretary of State, the Ambassador to Israel, and others for rejecting the Obama administration's position, its outlander position, aimed at the State of Israel, claiming that as a matter of international law, the Jews can't build any homes and so forth in their ancestral home, Judea and Samaria. And the Trump administration said, no, that's not correct. Over 100 members of the House of Representatives signed a petition or a letter condemning this. The president is expected to issue an executive order, it says, on Wednesday... That's tomorrow, invoking Title Eleven, excuse me, Title Six of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to fight anti-Semitic rhetoric on college campuses. The new executive order would also label Judaism as a nationality in addition to a religion, so it will fall into the category of Title Six. Now, Barack Obama did this; they'd be cheering him, rabbis across the country from the pulpit. Across the country. But they won't. I will, but they won't. Title VI prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, and national origin. <coughs> excuse me. In programs and activities receiving federal financial assistance. The Department of Education could cut federal funding for institutions that fail to remedy anti-Semitic incidents that fall under the title. You see, what's happening is more and more universities and colleges with more and more student visas being issued to individuals who live in the Middle East and are coming into this country, as well as domestically grown anti-Semites, are making it extremely hostile, a hostile atmosphere for Jewish kids who are wearing yarmulkes, or the Star of David, or, or a, a mezuzah, or what have you. They have to cover them up, or they have to take the yarmulke off, or they have to you know, conceal who they are. These little Hillel groups throughout the country. Same thing. It's becoming a horrific problem on our college campuses, because our college campuses are, I used to say, they're the last remnants of the Soviet Union. 
But I can't say that anymore because the Democrat Party is, in many respects, the last remnants of the old Soviet Union. A senior administration official said today that often anti-Semitism on campuses is hidden in an anti-Israel agenda. He said the executive order would direct federal agencies to consider the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism in cases of discrimination. Students who will feel that they are being bullied on college campuses would be able to complain to their institution's administration about what's taking place, and it goes on. Then I look at Adam Schiff, and I look at Gerald Nadler. Two examples, colossal examples of what I'm talking about. Disgusting, pathetic, radical, progressive hacks. Party first. Progressivism, their faith. It's disgusting. It truly is. And so uh, the president has done something here that no past president has done and no Democrat president will ever do. Because the Democrat Party is now in the corner with Hamas and the Palestinians and so forth. Just like the Labor Party now is led by this guy Corbyn. You can see this is all happening on the radical left. It's all being dumbed down as something that's acceptable in these radical left parties. The Labor Party, the Democrat Party in our country, in France, other European countries, and so forth. The president gets no credit for what he's been doing. He's attacked viciously. You look at Israel, same thing. You have a prime minister there that has taken on Iran, that has taken on Hezbollah, that has taken on Hamas, taken on the enemies that surround that little country. He has set in place policies that have created a massive economic boom in Israel, technology, medicine, and so forth. His relationship with the United States president, our president, Trump, has resulted in an enormous forward movement for that country, as well as other foreign policy initiatives by Netanyahu. And what do they want to do? They want to put him in prison. Just like our leftists, they use the word bribery, where there's no bribery. Bribery, where there's no bribery. Two countries that have a political party or a political force that is rotting the country from within. It's disgusting. I'll be right back. Well, we have a choice. Do I go to the president live or Chuck Schumer on the floor today? I think we'll go to the president, Mr. Producer. Listen directly onto your streets where they are free to offend, where they are free to kill, where they are free to rape. Sanctuary cities. Where they are free to beat up people except for ICE because ICE is much tougher than them. They don't beat up ICE. They don't beat up ICE. You're lucky we have ICE. They want to put ICE out of business. That's not happening. ICE is... 
They are incredible people. They're great patriots and they're tough. Thanks to Democrat immigration policies, innocent Americans in all 50 states are being brutalized and murdered by illegal alien criminals. Last summer, at least 19 illegal aliens were charged in connection with grisly homicides, including hacking victims to death and ripping out, in two cases, their hearts. Weeks ago, two illegal aliens and members of the savage gang MS-13, who we are removing from our country by the thousands, were charged with relentlessly beating a wonderful, beautiful high school teenager to death with a baseball bat and chopping the body apart with a machete. One of the animals accused was previously released by local authorities in defiance of an ICE demand. ICE wanted, said, you can't let him go. They wanted him. They would do anything for him. They wanted them to hand this animal over for deportation back to his country. Get him the hell out of our country, right? Democrat sanctuary cities also give safe haven to those who commit violent sex crimes. Since Montgomery County, Maryland declared itself a sanctuary jurisdiction in July, we have already identified nine illegal aliens who have been arrested for rape, sexual assault, including a 26-year-old man charged with raping and viciously strangling a young, wonderful woman who was entering her apartment, innocently entering her apartment. She was raped and killed, strangled to death. Sanctuary City, Maryland. But these are only the cases we know about. Sanctuary cities and jails actively conceal illegal alien crime and criminals from federal government. Federal government wants to take them out, or in some cases, if it's real violence, and we don't want to pay for the cost, but we do, put them into very strong jails. The sanctuary city of Philadelphia, the sanctuary city in Philadelphia, is one of the very worst sanctuaries anywhere in America. Did you know that? I mean, I know Philadelphia well, going to school here. We never heard about sanctuary cities, did we? Weeks ago, an illegal alien charged with rape, sexual assault of a child, and inflicting serious bodily injury was released by Philadelphia to wander free in your communities. And by the way, you may have the worst district attorney or whatever the hell you call This guy, I've been hearing about this guy. He lets killers out almost immediately. What the hell? How did you let that happen? Instead of handing him over while still in jail, they defied ICE. They fought with ICE and set him loose upon an unsuspecting family. Thankfully, at great time and effort, our brave ICE officers were eventually able to track him down, arrest him, detain him, and do what has to be done.
you elect Democrats when they create a sanctuary city of Philadelphia? I don't get it. Four MS-13 gang members were also arrested in Pennsylvania in connection with the brutal and sadistic murders of a 21-year-old and a 15-year-old. As we speak, a criminal illegal alien with three prior deportations is roaming free in Pennsylvania because he was released by the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. You better get yourself a new prosecutor in this place, I want to tell you. That's a horrible thing. No, it's a national He's story. not kidding. He He's right. Wants everybody to not pay the Soros price. Soros helped put him in You're there. You're talking about not paying the price for rape, for murder, for other horrible crimes. How stupid, how stupid can you be? The charges against this alien include rape, aggravated indecent assault, Unlawful contact now let's with let's mind. switch over now, Indecent. just for contrast, to Schumer, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. Russian intelligence has been pushing the baseless theory that Ukraine interfered in the 2016 elections, not just Putin, as a way to divide the West and defend Putin. Certain Republicans now keep in Senate mind, Schumer is one of the 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 people who led the effort to appoint a special counsel on Russia collusion with the Trump campaign. He's never been held to account for it. Keep in mind what a complete lowlife and slimeball Schumer actually is. Russia might be doing all those things, but that doesn't mean Ukraine didn't interfere with the election. They did, as did North Korea, as did Iran, as did China, as did, of course, Russia, as did the Obama administration. Oh, yeah. And now the Democrats are interfering in the 2020 campaign with their phony impeachment effort. Go ahead. Stunningly repeated that falsehood around these corridors. And now, President Trump and Secretary of State Pompeo are meeting with the Russian foreign minister in secret. What new conspiracies are they cooking up? What? Are you a nut? Yes, he's a nut. What new conspiracies are you cooking up? Go ahead. I worry. The president has been so unable to articulate a defense of the facts uncovered in the House impeachment inquiry that he's resorted to one There are no facts in the House impeachment inquiry, you idiot. That's why you got professors in there talking about their philosophies on impeachment. Go ahead. The next to explain his conduct. His allies, including members of the Senate Republican Caucus, have elevated several of these theories. Here in the Senate, certain members of the Grand Old Party are folks, forming... Folks, folks, folks. We have a Ukrainian court that's ruled about Ukrainian interference. We have articles in liberal, what used to be for them, respected publications like Politico and the New York Times. And he doesn't mention any of that. You know, Chuck Schumer was Adam Schiff before Adam Schiff was. Do you know that, Mr. Producer? It's true. Go ahead. Conspiracy Caucus... Any crazy conspiracy. Yeah, like Russia collusion with the Trump campaign, you idiot. Go ahead. Or some wild, wild-eyed, crazy. All right, conspiracy. that's that's good. Must be happy hour on the floor of the Senate because he sounds like he's completely looped. Unfortunately, he always does. I'll be right back.
Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. You know, break-ins spike every single year during now, this time of the year, the holidays, because families are traveling and burglars know people have expensive gifts lying around. This is why Simply Safe is my choice for home security. Simply Safe is comprehensive, professional home security at a very fair price. And right now is the absolute best time of the year to get a Simply Safe security system for the holidays. They're giving you, my listeners, a huge discount on your security system and a free security camera. Simply Safe protects every room, every door, every window with 24-7 professional monitoring. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe can give real-time video confirmation so police respond up to 3.5 times faster. And with Simply Safe, there's no contract, no hidden fees or fine print, no messing up your house or your walls and all the rest of it. Prices are fair, prices are honest, starting at just 15 bucks a month. So please, for your own security and your family's security, go to simplysafemark.com, <clears throat> simplysafemark.com to take advantage of Simply Safe's amazing holiday savings and get a free HD security camera. This offers for a limited time only. It's going to run out soon, so please hurry. That's simplysafemark.com to say big and get a free security camera. Simplysafemark.com. We have a guest tonight who is uh, one of the nicest people I know, one of the smartest people I know, one of these solid patriots and conservatives that I know through thick and thin. And he's running in a district in Texas that's going to be a tough, tough battle. And so I've taken it upon myself to focus in on a handful of these races, and this is one of them. Chip Roy, how are you, my friend? Mark, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, and congratulations on your great success on your Sunday night show. It's such a great blessing to be able to watch that every Sunday and, and uh, moving up to 8 o'clock, and thanks for what you do for America, my friend. Well, thank you, Chip. And, of course, you were on the show a year or eight months ago or whatever it was, and uh, people really took to you. I think you were on with Jim Jordan, weren't you? I was. Good memory. It was uh, November of last year, You uh, right after the election. We came on with Jim, and we were trying to set the stage heading into this election cycle. And uh, Jim's been such a warrior, hadn't he, for the uh, defense of the president and taking on this lousy uh, attack uh, under the, the under this impeachment attack. And he's done a great job. Now, Chip Roy, as you look at your fellow Republicans in the House, there's not a single one that's going to vote for this nonsense, is there? Uh, there, there is not, and uh, there's no reason that there should be. Uh, you and I both know, and look, you, you know, your listeners are well-versed in this because you've been educating them and talking about what's going on. But, uh, you know, there, this has been a political attack from day one. We know that. It goes back two years. Uh, this is one of those things where it, they've been searching for a reason to impeach. Uh, and they're now asking us now to look at facts that came in later into the equation after they were trying for two years to do it. You and I both know that there's no basis for impeachment here. Um, this is, uh, you know, the president, the thing that really galls me, right, is you saw Chuck Todd going after my former boss and friend, Ted Cruz, this last Sunday, because he was rightfully bringing up the concerns that President Trump and all of us had with what was going on with certain Ukrainian officials, you know, raising issues uh, and interfering with our election. And these, these two-faced 
uh, folks in the media, they conflate two different things. They try to say, oh, well, you're saying that you, Russia didn't uh, meddle with our elections. It's completely false. Uh, we can believe that Russia meddled with our elections while looking at the evidence which was in the record. Even Dr. Fiona Hill in her testimony acknowledged that you, Ukrainian officials had uh, interjected into the election. And the evidence is obvious. So uh, it's, it's, the, the American people are seeing through this. They're tired of it. The polls are going our way. And they just frankly want us to do our job instead of wasting the time of the American people uh, chasing this uh, rabbit trail. The, the American people really dislike the media because I think they're on to the media. And uh, I think the Democrat Party will see how this election goes. But they might be destroying themselves. I certainly hope so, because they've taken an awful turn. Now, tell me about what's going on in your district in Texas and who it is that you'll be running against. Well, thanks for asking. You know, I, I represent Texas 21. It stretches from, as many of your listeners know, downtown Austin to San Antonio through the Hill Country. Great district. Uh, and uh, So, so it's, it's a massive district. It's a fairly sizable district, 10 counties. Uh, we have, uh, it, it was one of the highest turnout districts in the country last year, I think the third highest turnout. And we won by about 10,000 votes, and so it's, it's you know, about a three-percentage-point district last time. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll be a little bigger this time uh, because last year it was a little skewed by the whole Beto mania in Texas. But we're going to be vigilant. We're going to get people turning out to vote. And I'm running against Wendy Davis. You might remember her. Your mm-hmm. listeners might as someone who ran against Governor Abbott in 2014. She's famous or infamous, I should say, for having stood on the floor of the Texas Senate, filibustering in favor of third tribester abortions, unlike my friend and, and former boss Ted Cruz, who was filibustering the U.S. Senate for health care freedom. She wanted to uh, perpetuate uh, third trimester abortion. So she's a radical leftist. She'll fit right in with the Nancy Pelosi, uh, AOC, Presley wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, and that's uh, completely out of sorts with the people of Texas 21 in Texas. So uh, we're going to go and run hard. But look, you know, we've got to be vigilant. We've got to prove that Texas is at the tip of the spear, leading the world in freedom, a thousand people a day moving there for a reason, and, and uh, make sure we win. Problem is, she'll become another national cause celeb and get an enormous amount of money from Hollywood and New York City. Yeah, you're exactly right, and and that happens, and and frankly, also just in money from across Texas too. I mean, there's a lot of money in Texas and pent up Democrat money because we've had 25 years of Republican control. So, you know, we're we've got a bunch of people out there. You're always kind to me, Chiproy.com. You know, people go out and uh, help, and uh, we've got uh, we've got the edge right now because I've been out there working it hard. But she's going to get out there, and I suspect she'll end up with more money than I have in two expensive media markets. So we're going to have to run really hard, and so all the support that we can get is helpful. But uh, we've got a big task in front of us, Mark. You know it. We've got to we got to support the president. We've got to get him reelected. We've got to get Republicans back in charge. And then you and I and all of us know we're going to have to hold Republicans' feet to the fire to do better than they did last time when they got control. They've got to actually secure the border, actually spend money wisely instead of wasting it, actually make sure that we get health care freedom instead of the nonsense they were trying to peddle as repeal of Obamacare when it wasn't. And that's what I'm here to do. I'll say the one thing that the people back in Texas 21 tell me regularly, and you'll be proud of this because you were so instrumental in helping me last year, is um, that I'm doing what I said I would do. They say it to me all the time. They said it's the one thing that we want out of people is they go to Washington and do what you said you were going to do, and that's what I'm proud of doing. That's what I'm going to keep doing. You know, Chip Roy, one of the things that troubles me deeply is this debt. And there's massive – it's gone up 12 percent, the annual deficit. And, you know, people say, well, the president should do something about it. Who passes these spending bills? Well, it's sure not the president. I mean, obviously, he's, he has to sign bills, but he's getting these bad bills sent to his desk. And, 
you know, we've been making this point. We're racking up $100 million of debt per hour. And actually, you'll appreciate this. I got PolitiFact checked on that and got a mostly true, which might as well be, you know, the Gospel of Luke. From yeah, because they're a joke. You know, but, uh, but we get, you know, look, $100 million of debt an hour is a big deal when you've got $23 trillion of debt. But here's the other thing. It's not just a massive amount of debt. It's proxy for spending money on government bureaucrats. The very bureaucrats, by the way, that are going after the president right now, that we saw in all this testimony, the very bureaucrats taking away health care freedom, the very bureaucrats that are out there telling you can't, you know, do something in your backyard because there's a puddle in it. Uh, this is the reality of what we do when we keep growing government. And Republicans are, frankly, every bit as bad as Democrats. We find reasons to spend money we don't have, and we need to stop it. And so I actually introduced a bill to put a debt clock in the Appropriations and Budget Committee rooms in the House and gotten some co-sponsors on that, and we're trying to move forward some other legislation, some ideas to hold these guys' feet to the fire. But the main thing is just do it. You know, when you drive through northern Virginia, as I do, Mm -hmm. and, of course, you can talk about the suburbs of Maryland as well. Yes, the construction is never-ending, whether it's roads, bridges, whether it is uh, skyscrapers, uh, the public transportation. It is constant, and it's getting bigger and bigger. It is a massive redistribution of wealth from the rest of the country to this enclave in and around Washington, D.C. That's totally right, and they're completely out of touch with real America. And I'm not even talking about flyover country versus the coast. I'm just talking about just go a few miles outside of D.C. into Virginia or out into western Pennsylvania who are hardcore Trump supporters. Go out into Texas, west Texas, into the hill country in my district, and people who want freedom, people who want a secure border. I mean, this is not hard, right? We had 900,000 people come across our border last year. 600,000 of them were caught and released. We have all the ways to fix that. We could fix it in a matter of a week if we just got together and passed the right legislation, and they refused to do it. But why would the Democrats do that when they're counting on them voting Democrat when the time comes? Well, and more than that, also doing that, but also exploiting them for what they perceive as political gain. AOC was lying when she said there were kids in cages. She was lying when she said kids were drinking out of toilets. I went down there. I've spent the night down in McAllen sitting there listening to gunfire across the border where cartels have operational control of the border, where the Reynosa faction of the Gulf Cartel and the Cartel del Noreste are literally warring and making hundreds of millions of dollars moving human beings for profit and having people sitting in basements in America and you know, being held hostage in stash houses. This is what we're allowing to happen because we refuse just to do our job. And the president's doing the best he can with a Congress, a Democratic Congress, and frankly, a few Republicans, who refuse to actually do their job to secure the border. That's why I'm here. We're highlighting it. I was proud to go down on the floor and object this last summer to a number of ridiculous votes they were trying to blow through, like the $19 billion spending bill, but also demand that we get the supplemental spending bill the president requested to help secure the border. We can do it. We just need to get the right people in Washington. I think we're getting more. The Freedom Caucus is there now. Guys like Cruz and Mike Lee, we've got some good people here. We just need a few more warriors to help us out. Yeah, and we can't afford to lose who we have, and that's especially you. So tell everybody again how they can support you and in and around where you where your uh, district is and financially thank you mark uh texas 21 right there in the center of texas chiproy.com c-h-i-p-r-o-y.com uh really need the help running against a radical leftist and uh and you know we're gonna we're gonna do it but we we can't do it without the money and so every and look let me tell you every time i get a five dollar twenty dollar twenty five dollar contribution i see every one of those on my phone i see every one of them pop into my email and i look at every one of them and it means so much when I see a person who I know for whom $25 is a lot of money 
It's like, you know, listen to Jesus in the Bible about looking at how much money when a poor widow gives a few bucks compared to what the rich guy gives. I really appreciate it when people give their hard-earned money to help, and, and we need it, and I thank you. You were a former chief of staff to Ted Cruz, right, when he first came to the Senate? I was, yep. Uh, we, we were working together. We're still great friends. Saw him last night at a dinner with some of my Freedom Caucus brethren and Mike Lee, and we had a great, uh, great and, discussion. And full disclosure, everybody knows this, my stepson worked for you and worked for Ted for a period of time. And he's still a great friend, and he's, he's doing great work. Yeah, he's a great, uh, great guy. Today. And uh, we're actually going to hopefully get together tomorrow, but we uh, work together a lot. And, uh, uh, you but know, I actually knew you before any of that happened, right? That's so true. People yeah. know I knew you when you were working for the governor in Texas. That's right. You've known, we've known each other for a long time uh, because freedom lovers seek each other out. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you were very good to me when I was battling cancer and got through that and, and uh, helping me as I was working on a book for Governor Perry. He's a good man and just obviously stepped down from Secretary of Energy. But he'll, I think he's going to keep doing good stuff, and he's a, he's a good man. All right. <clears throat> All right, my brother. You take care of yourself. God bless you. Best of your family and, uh, and everybody on your team. God bless you. You too. Good luck. Chip Roy, he's the best. He really is. I've known him a long time. We'll be right back. Lovin. Ladies and gentlemen, only two weeks left for the Chamonix Christmas and Holiday Sale. Time's running out on Chamonix's best promotion of the year. Imagine the double chin and turkey neck gone with the famous Genesel breakthrough jawline treatment with MDL technology. I mean, for the holidays, you ought to give this a try. From now until Christmas, get the classic Genesel for eye bags and puffiness, absolutely free. Plus, Genesel's immediate effects for the results in 12 hours. My buddy Teddy. Teddy's a serious person. He's a cardiologist. He uses this. He loves it. That's what he tells me. He looks gorgeous, by the way. Look 10, 15, even 20 years younger right before your eyes. Guaranteed or 100% of your money back. Hello? Hello? Guaranteed or 100% of your money back. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com, Genesel.com, 800-SKIN-604. Your order today includes Genesel XV. Anti-wrinkle treatment and will be upgraded to priority shipping for free. Order now and get surprise luxury stocking stuffer just in time for Christmas Day. Order now. 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. Or Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. All right. People are asking me an update on Barney, our little Barney, our little dog. Barney has three areas on his back. That are a problem. One is a disc around the L5, L4. I'm a pedestrian on this, but I know L5 because that's my problem. And then two uh, other areas on his spine, not discs, that are closing up. And we were set for very major surgery on Saturday. And in Friday, he was in lousy shape. But Saturday morning... He was doing much, much better. Maybe 50% better. I have a wonderful vet. Chris Hushin is my buddy. A wonderful back doctor for these dogs. Dr. Jarbo. And they are truly compassionate people. And they are fantastic. Very knowledgeable. 
And they're not ideological about it, like you ought to surgery, no surgery. They take a look and they make a, a uh, humane and compassionate decision based on what they know, what they have. Barney's surgery, particularly in one area of his spine, could have resulted in his paralysis, 15% of paralysis, we were told. But the doctor also said, given the way he was Saturday morning, she was not comfortable operating on him. I was out of town, and my wife wasn't either. And so we're giving him a bunch of medicines that I can't pronounce that have as their purpose to reduce any swelling and the inflammation uh, and to ease his pain, not heavy on the painkillers, but to ease his pain. And uh, I can report to you that while he's certainly not 100%, he's hanging in there. That's why I sound so good, because if we had a problem, I'd probably be off the air for a week. And this brings me to another point. I don't know what's in the new treaty, because the Democrats got their hands on it with Canada and Mexico. I am concerned about the issue of drugs, pharmaceuticals. If the government's going to control prices... Listen to me. I know I go against the stream, but I'm, I know what I'm talking about. If the government's going to control prices, it's going to destroy the drug industry, whether it's antibiotics, whether it's new treatments, whether it's new, pharmace- new drugs for whatever it is. The capital investment is simply not going to be there. These other countries rip us off. They rip off our patents. They rip off our drug companies. But that doesn't mean we should rip them off, too. And you might say, Mark, drugs are very expensive. The truth is, if you have insurance, drugs are not very expensive. Certain drugs are expensive. They're really rare, unusual ones. But those won't exist anymore because it won't be in the best interest of these companies to make them. And they won't make them. And the government won't want them to make them. What we've seen in Great Britain and France and other of these socialist countries that take over their health care systems is that there's very little capital investment in these cutting-edge treatments and drugs that might affect a relatively small percentage of the population because the government doesn't want that kind of investment in those areas, and the government is controlling or directing investment, just as it's controlling and directing prices. We can talk about more of this later. So I don't know what the liberals have done to what the president has negotiated, but we're going to have to take a very close look at it. I don't trust them. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, all you folks that protect us. We have a wonderful Levin TV, by the way. You ought to check that out tonight. And I will see you tomorrow right here. Be well. God bless.